Welcome to the Altruistic Traveller podcast, interviews with influential changemakers from around the world. That recycling is no longer sufficient to, to deal with these. That type of volunteering actually is proving to be more harmful. Trying to elevate poverty. I mean, they didn't see me that way. They seemed as a human being, someone who needs help. Be inspired, educated and moved by global initiatives making this world a better place. For more stories and resources, please visit thealtruistictraveler.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. So thankful for you tuning in from wherever you are in the world. My guest on the show today is Sam Teari. He is an American entrepreneur and product developer, currently pursuing a law degree in Australia. As founder of the Lucky Rabbits Club, Sam and the team are actively developing a Web3 based travel company that turns trips into in real life video games using immersive technology. Sam and his endeavors have appeared in magazines, television, and radio, including the Huffington Post, BBC, CBS Radio, and the Howard Stern Show, as well as various blogs and associated outlets. Today, we'll hear from Sam about the Lucky Rabbits Club and dive into the intersection of travel and Web3. Welcome to the show, Sam. Hey, Bianca. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited for this chat. Yeah, really looking forward to this angle that uh, I have never had on the show before and coming in here with very inquisitive eyes. Um, so, first of all, love to hear a little bit about yourself, you as an individual and, and your journey and sort of what brought you here today. Sure. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm from the States. I'm currently living in Australia where I'm going to law school here. I'm very grateful to be in Australia. It's a great country. Um, I, you know, I come from the States and basically the majority, if not all of my life has been dedicated to entrepreneurship. So as far back as I can remember in my in my life, I've always been pursuing products and projects, businesses, uh, basically things that pursue an, an independent lifestyle. That's that's been the primary driver is having that freedom to do the things that you want to do, execute on creative ideas and visions, being able to work and partner up with interesting people from a variety of different nationalities and backgrounds, both professionally and, and personally. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest and I ended up living in Los Angeles in Southern California for almost 10 years. And I've kind of jumped around the, the States a little bit. I'm always kind of chasing warm weather. That's kind of where I find myself to be in the sweet spot when it comes to just uh, working all the time and maintaining creativity and just being uh, healthy and just having kind of like a healthy lifestyle. Um, so the, the appeal of coming to Australia was kind of like a continuance of that idea because a lot of the uh, sentiment here and a lot of the lifestyles is centered around the outdoors and, you know, warm weather and, and beach and, you know, family time, friend, like hanging out with friends. It's, it's a very uh, appealing place for me. Yeah, we shared a little bit about our love for Australia. As many of my listeners know, I was born in Sydney. Um, so it's nice to have some alignment there, and I too understand that you know I think I'm I'm a bit more productive 
um, when the sun is out, although maybe not because I always feel like I want to be outside. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> there's the balance, right? Um, well, and, and, so and if I can you, say, like, I, you know, I actually had done an analysis before and I thought about it this way. The place where I grew up in the Midwest where we would have like six months seemingly of intense cold and maybe like three months of intense heat. So you really only had about 25% of the year where it was like the most ideal weather. Yeah. So contrast that with like Southern California where year round, I mean, I would say that number is probably around 75 to maybe almost 90% favorable. And if you look at like, depending on who you are and how you operate, I mean, it sounds like we're, we're cut from a similar cloth. Um, having that additional availability of all that time where you are able to be in the zone and more focused and just really satisfied and more happy, it, it does make a tremendous impact, uh, I would imagine, on on economical scale. And, and it's just my personal working theory, but it's probably why California is so popular, so crowded and so expensive. You have this appeal of being able to live somewhere where it's it's more favorable for probably twice as much or three times as much of the year compared to other places around the country. Yeah, I mean, hey, we might have a theory here. If any of our listeners would like to share, you know, <laughs> does living in a sunny place make you happier inside and therefore more productive? Like, give us a shout. 100%. <laughs> um, um, so your latest entrepreneurial venture, the Lucky Rabbits Club, I will just invite you to, yeah, share about that and um, we can start diving into this uh, this topic. Yeah, would love to. Uh, as much as I talk about it, I never get tired of talking about it. I should add a little additional background context. So as a lifelong entrepreneur, I've been involved in a variety of businesses and industries. So I've worked in the real estate industry. I've, I've worked in and around uh, the food business, both uh, actual like restaurant-like locations and food products that, that go on the shelf. Uh, and, and kind of uh, many things in between. And so coming into this NFT space and coming into this project, I'm bringing in a lot of kind of favorable experiences uh, and, and, you know, things that I've done that really apply because I've, uh, from what I've seen in the past year in blockchain and NFT industry is that it, it, you have to very, you have to have many either interests and or skills. And you got to be willing to learn because things move very quickly. And kind of the more things you can kind of pull out of your, your hat, uh, the, the, more, the more advantageous it is, yeah? Uh, when, I, when I got into NFTs, it was actually, it, it, it took about a year to really understand it. Uh, I think I'd first heard about it in either late 2019 or early 2020. And uh, a friend of mine in Los Angeles who is basically a, a professional creative and music producer uh, had, had shared with me that they were giving up music and that they were going to be focusing on digital art and crypto art. And I didn't really, I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. And I kind of kept, but I kept coming back to the table because it's a very curious thing. And now I feel like it's a little bit more digestible of a, of a topic because a lot of people have slowly gotten into it, but it's still a bit of a head scratcher. 
And so as I got into it and, and started to realize what would be possible with this technology, like this technology is basically, it's a distribution model for value uh, as defined by the users. So you could be delivering that value via this podcast, for example. You could be doing that via in the form of a video, in the form of art. Um, even even I saw yesterday a, a home is for sale in Southern, uh, Southern Carolina, South Carolina. And so when you have all these different avenues and, and potential for possibilities, it becomes a real challenge into the application of how you're going to use that technology. And I have some very long-standing relationships with Fiji. Uh, I'm not super well-traveled, but I, I would say I'm perhaps a little bit more traveled than, than the average American. I believe only about 30% of us have a passport. And, you know, I had these friendships going back some 10, 15 years. And as I started to formulate what I wanted to work on in NFTs, I began to kind of connect those pieces of the puzzle from the past. So whether that was my prior entrepreneurship endeavors or my relationships in Fiji, we kind of brought it all together. And, you know, we, we wanted to create an experience that brought in a lot of the core elements to the things that I experienced when I first traveled to Fiji. So one of the most standout things that people don't think about until they actually go and visit for the first time are the people. The people are tremendously generous. It is literally a shirt off your back society and their positivity and their happiness was just something that never left me. Uh, we would share a lot of stories, a lot of, um, you know, life lessons that I just ended up carrying on with me. And so as I started to put together the Lucky Rabbits Club, uh, I started to think of, well, how could I kind of cross pollinate these different areas together and, and bring it all together? Right. Yeah. I so much to unpack here. Um, first of all, I just want to say, you know, how much I appreciate the transparency around, you know, sharing that this was um, a, a technology that, you know, took a while to learn. And I think a lot of um, people that are tuning in might be on a different journey when it comes to NFTs. They might have just been reading about it or potentially never heard about it but I think that when it comes to something that is changing in our world it is always going to require a learning curve and even people that are experts in the space started somewhere so you know I think I maybe the future version of me will listen back on this podcast as somebody who probably had uh, was at the beginning of my journey but I think it's important to to start talking about these things because our world is changing so fast and the um, technology that is NFTs is opening up a lot of avenues uh, for different people so you mentioned that you know you started um, you connected the dots between Fiji your relationship with Fiji and then um, web 3. So in the Lucky Rabbits Club on your website, you talk a lot about gamifying travel. Can you sort of share in, I suppose, as in layman's terms, but also um, in your own words, how you see that relationship unfolding? Well, absolutely. And, and I, I completely agree uh, with the just the life cycle of this technology and technologies in general. I mean, if we think back to you know, late 90s, early 2000s, I mean, people were still kind of wondering, well, 
what exactly do I need an email for? What do I need this .com website for? And it's pretty much, it's, it's a non-discussion anymore. You could probably go to some of the farthest reaches of the globe and find people that are very well versed in email and in websites and social media. So it, it's, it's just rather incredible to go from this thing that was completely new to society to this thing that is, we, we can't even really imagine how we used to live without it in a sense. And, and I feel strongly and similarly about this technology as well, where we have a certain understanding of what it can do, but we still really are, are not even through the tip of the iceberg. We really haven't gotten deep enough into this to see what it can do for for businesses, for uh, personal relationships, for contracts, for a, a variety of things. And uh, no, and, and I'm and I'm happy to share the uh, the journey there. But like I said, I, I believe that people will have a shortened learning curve than the one that I had. There's a lot more resources available. There's a lot more public dialogue and discussion available. And there's also a lot more use case examples and projects that have emerged since. So when we were getting into this project, we actually started out as, okay, this is going to be a club that's centered around these lucky rabbits. It's basically a digital collectible that's inside of your crypto wallet, and it's designed to bring you good luck. That's, that's the original source inspiration behind this project. But then it started to evolve into, okay, well, we really want to take advantage of this technology and, and what could we possibly do to make this thing a really immersive experience that either we haven't seen before somewhere else in the world or we just haven't uh, thought of before. And there was this kind of migration over the course of this year from that initial concept, like... I believe it was in November of 21, uh, you know, I originally came up with this concept of, you know, we'll be centered around the law of attraction and good luck and positivity. And then it, like step by step, it was kind of evolving organically on its own. And I just tried to not get in the way of the natural evolution of the project. And so we kind of went to a point where we said, okay, well, we will use these funds to purchase a house in Fiji. And everybody who has one of our digital collectibles would have access to that house. Well, then we started taking it up like another notch and another notch and another notch. Because in my mind at the time, like the idea would be you have this digital collectible, you have your lucky rabbits, it's in your wallet. And then when you come out to Fiji and you come to this house, there will be a smart lock on that house. And basically, you just open up your crypto wallet and you just like using NFC technology, you just the same way that we tap to pay, you would tap and open the door to that house. And it would essentially be the clubhouse for available to all club members. And then it evolved into if people are coming all this way, we really want to make it worth their while and not just have a house where people can come hang out at, but have really like an immersive adventure experience. And so when I think of an immersive adventure experience and what this project has become, uh, if you're familiar with the remake of the movie Jumanji, where uh, this group of, uh, of, of kids kind of get sucked into this video game and they're just dropped into this jungle-like environment this guy pulls up in a four by four, pulls up in an SUV and basically hands them a map 
tells them what their mission is and sets them on their way. So we really took a lot of that inspiration in terms of this experience where when you show up in Fiji, you're going to be issued a digital map. It's going to be airdropped to your phone, and then you're going to have either a series of clues. You're going to have somebody that greets you upon arrival uh, right immediately after landing, and they just give you kind of like a brief rundown of your mission and what you're after and some of you know the basic rules of the game and some good housekeeping and, and some safety tips. And uh, people go on their way, and they have to find the first location. Now, these locations and check-in points could be a variety of just simply finding the destination or actually solving some kind of puzzle, a physical challenge, um, a riddle of some sort. There's, there's a variety of different uh, barriers to uh, each kind of stop on the map. And every time you complete a different location on the map, you essentially unlock a token. Then that digital token gets dropped right into your wallet and it proves that, okay, you went to this particular location at this particular date. And so when the player or the user completes all of the checkpoints, similar to like Super Mario or or many video games for that matter, you're trying to complete levels on a map. And when you do, when you win the game, like you win a prize and we have prizes in store, we have I mean, we're working on coming up with our own customized gold coins. We've got gem carvings of like our logo and some uh, uh, related kind of things that I I don't want to give too much of it away. There will be cryptocurrency prizes, NFTs. We're really kind of hybridizing a mixture of real life treasure and digital treasure. And the idea was that we have the ability to drive tourism into parts of the country that don't typically receive much of the the tourism income. That's the primary source of income in Fiji. And we looked at this as like a really interesting opportunity where in the future, you could pick which country you want to go to and there would be an adventure experience available to you there. And you can embark on this culturally immersive mission where you can see parts of the country that most first-time travelers either do not see or, or typically don't travel to, and to also infuse knowledge of the local country. So some of our challenges and our puzzles will involve learning some of the local, uh, either a few words of the language or certain aspects of the culture in order to really bring it full circle and, and, and create a full immersion. So I remember when... I first heard you talk, which was on uh, a mutual friend, Lars, who runs um, NFT rooms on Twitter every Thursday. I heard you talking about the concept of sustainable tourism. And, you know, that really piqued my interest having run, you know, this sustainable tourism platform for uh, or podcast and also blog. Um, So when you spoke about that, it was really interesting for me to understand how this becomes culturally immersive and how this benefits the people in Fiji and the communities that you're going to be working with. So just listening to you speak, it's almost like in my mind, I was like, oh, sustainable tourism (laughs) 3.0, like (laughs) this is the future. Um, But I would love to hear about, you know, you mentioned that you have this connection with people there in Fiji. What has it felt like 
for them to learn about this idea and and how have you proposed it to them while bringing in some of these concepts of uh, community immersion and sustainability? Absolutely. So uh, I guess that that journey started back in 2007. Um, So about 15 years ago this year, actually. And I showed up to participate in a project um, with a family that has been living on a, a, it's about over 200 acres uh, of an island in in the north of Fiji. And I, I was really grateful to go and participate and serve as a cultural liaison to the family and to the tribe and to the local area that's called the Matangali, kind of uh, the Fijian word for a tribe. And um, it, it was just a brilliant project and opportunity to learn more about sustainability and, and, and see that through their eyes rather than a lot of the greenwashing that occurs and a lot of the marketing language and the media that we get exposed to. And, you know, it got me thinking about everything from the shampoo that we bring out um, so that, you know, if, if you're taking a shower near the beach on the island, you know, harmful shampoos can create uh, bleaching of the coral reefs. So there's, there's very kind of minute things that we take for granted in our day-to-day life, whether it's in the States or Australia or other places in the world, that have significant impact to places like this that have been, I mean, if you have, have the opportunity to ever go, um, and I have a feeling after this chat, you, you will be going uh, very soon. Um, you can tell the, the country of Fiji is really esteemed deeply in the nature of the earth. I have never felt more of a connection to where we come from and what our environment is until I spent time with the Fijians. They're very in tune with the cycles of the weather. They know when it's going to rain well before it rains without any kind of um, technology indicating like a weather report or a forecast. They're just very in tune with what's going on in their immediate environment. And it, it was I'm very grateful to have witnessed that. And these relationships continued on for years and we, we would keep in touch and I would always kind of return about like every five years or so uh, and come back and, and see everybody. So when I went back this year and, and our, our community manager, Namani, um, who's actually a, a very close personal friend of mine for the past 10 years, I met him on my second trip out to Fiji. We had been in contact all year. Uh, with regards to this project and, and what we're doing. But when I showed up in July, we really got to have a proper sit down with the chief, with members of the family, with uh, members of the local government, and really got to describe not only what it is, what we're trying to do, but this larger Web3 kind of NFT movement in general. And everybody's eyes were as, as wide as the moon. Everybody had great questions and great interest. They were just absolutely fascinated by the things that we could potentially do. I I believe one of the examples I used with regards to NFTs was, you know, imagine in about 10, I I can't imagine it'll take 20 years, but in about 10 years, like you, you almost don't need to have a paper version, a physical version of your passport, because if you have a digital one, it cannot be replicated or duplicated or counterfeited or really stolen. 
Um, it, it is it is issued to you and it would be yours and it makes it a lot easier than having to worry about, you know, whether it's a renewal, whether it is having lost your passport on the way to the airport. There's a lot of situations in, in which that can be um, rather perilous, not to mention just incredibly inconvenient. And so once we start kind of discussing that concept of digitizing documents, we start to get deeper into what kind of experiences we can unlock with this kind of technology and with this project. And, um, you know, when I, when I go there, I really just go to see what I consider to be family. Like they are such close friends that I, in, in my bones and body, they feel like my family members. And so when I go back to see them, like we chat for hours, especially, you know, we sat down drinking kava. That is a uh, ceremonial and culturally relevant um, it's a, it's a root that's ground down into a powder. It's pounded into a powder and it's mixed with water through a cheesecloth and creates this kind of, um, earth tone, like dark liquid that's rather peppery, um, in, in taste. And, uh, it, that's been consumed in South Pacific cultures for, for thousands of years. And so as I was sitting and, and having kava with the chief and, and some of the members of, of their family, um, it, you know, we probably sat down and talked for about four hours before I really even brought any of this up. And they eventually, the chief asked me, so why are you really here? And he said that with a smile, knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of always working on a project. I'm always working on a business. I've always got some kind of, uh, I'm up to something. Yeah. And that's when I explained what this technology was and what I've spent almost the past year dedicating my, my life to. And he immediately loved it and said that we should involve their island in, in some manner, some form. And that was incredibly exciting. And immediately the next morning, we went and met with the local government and uh, submitted a proposal to them and sat with them and spoke and explained the project. And, and every single person has been completely just like blown away by the possibility, not even about what we're planning on doing, but the possibility of what we can do in the future. Namely, going back to what I talked about saying, where we can drive tourism traffic and travelers to really anywhere we want to put on the map. So working closely with villages and communities that want to have visitors, which is most of the country. There are some spots that are maybe would prefer to be a little bit more secluded than others. And we will respect that kind of privacy. Um, but it's just been this like beautiful thing where we are walking side by side with them and they're incredibly fast learners and they love the internet and they love the possibilities of being connected to people from all over the world. Yeah. Incredible. Thank you for sharing that journey. I feel like, you know, it is quite apparent that we are, you know, not even deep in the technological revolution, but still at, at the verge of it with so many new technologies coming through. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, at the very least, it's really beautiful that this concept has been a collaborative um, discussion, you know, between people in this country. And I guess in my last podcast interview, um, the person that I was interviewing, which is sort of in this space as well, talking about decentralization, asked the question to himself, actually, which was, what would the cynic say? 
because we are on the verge of this new technology, new uh, opportunity. And let's, let's face it, the world is constantly changing. And I bring this up all the time. As much as we want to hold on to the golden eras, we will always evolve. Would you or have you reflected on the what would the cynics say? You know, absolutely, and I'll tell you what sparked uh, the thinking was last month I gave a talk on the gamification of travel and a little bit about what we're doing in in our project at an event called XRWA. So this is a mixed reality uh, kind of convention that they host once a year in Western Australia. Is uh, held at the Boulevard Museum, which is a, and I hope I didn't uh, mispronounce that. Uh, and by by the way, I I completely uh, have forgotten to uh, mention that uh, where I'm talking to you from, I'm currently in Perth, Western Australia, which we're situated on Wajuk Noongar land, and I definitely want to pay my respects uh, to their people, both uh, past, present, and emerging. And you know, having participated in that discussion and that talk. I got a lot of great questions from the audience regarding uh, things like sustainability, things like the impact of technology in in a remote region like Fiji, and what kind of impact that might have on their culture. And so it gave me a a great opportunity to think about what you just asked. And no single technology has 100% upside. There will always be a downside to every single thing that we use or construct as human beings with, with uh, there's probably some uh, small exceptions out there, but, but largely. Um, So whether that when we do a Google search, we don't think about the amount of energy that that uses to run those servers, to look something up that, you know, we may, may not have had to have conducted a Google search on. So everything does tend to leave a footprint or some kind of usage dynamic. Uh, With regards to what we're doing, when we're talking about bringing technology or connecting like the internet to certain areas, we most certainly don't impose what we're doing and and what this technology can offer. Rather, the the Fijians, in, in my experience over the past 15 years, has been largely that of interest and curiosity when it regards these things. And I mean, I, I'm sure they have some concerns about social media with um, their their next generation of kids and the amount of time they're spending on social media and, and sites like Facebook. So there are certain drawbacks um, to the involvement of technology that we even experience in whether Australia or the US. But I always kind of think back to historical records And, you know, I I think there's probably a larger consensus in modern society that, you know, maybe we don't need to be posting pictures of everything we eat. And there's a lot of, you know, cliches and jokes around uh, a lot of the posts that occur on social media. But if you look at the macro of of humanity and what we're doing, um, I think that kind of fascination, that obsession with posting what we've been eating and putting that up on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, um, it makes me think back to like 5,000 years ago. How fascinating would it have been to have an accurately, like a historically accurate record of a day-by-day life journey of somebody, of what they ate, what music they were listening to, or rather what instruments they were playing, but like down to the kind of granularity that we have 
in the modern era and with this kind of technology. So me, I tend to focus largely on the positive dynamics, but there's, but like I mentioned, like there's no escaping the fact that there are downsides to almost any technology. Uh, luckily for us, just right off the bat with, with the regards to the digital collectibles, uh, our lucky rabbits are based on the Ethereum blockchain. And in September, the Ethereum blockchain underwent an event called the merge. Now, I'll spare the technological details because I'm not the most uh, high aptitude technology person in terms of breaking down the, the, the actual tech specs. But the result of the merge was that the network was going to be about 95 to 98% more environmentally efficient than the previous uh, method that they have of confirming these digital collectibles to the blockchain. So these are the kind of steps that we look forward to and we celebrate because we certainly don't want to kind of perpetuate the some of the mistruths that are out there regarding the energy consumption of some of these technologies. Now, I can understand in the earliest iterations, they were probably a lot more consumptive, but they are all seemingly moving on this trend towards having the environment in mind, having sustainability in mind, um, having the impact of our actions in mind. And just going back to the example that I mentioned of having, you know, a certain kind of shampoo, just because, you know, if you have the wrong kind, it will damage the coral reefs. We use that as almost like a mental model in everything that we're doing and kind of reflect on the moves that we make and go, okay, so for example, on our adventure course, when somebody's looking for clues, we don't want to have to like drill a hole in the ground and drive a stake and and pour concrete and cement to have kind of like a check-in post for people to kind of tap their phone and check into in a remote area. We don't want to harm or damage the local environment. So in, in, in that example, one of the things that we're doing is we're creating like these, you know, with, with movie prop kind of technology, like a false rock that looks like a real rock, but when you pick it up and turn it over, like your clues on the underside of that rock. So that allows us to not disturb the environment and to kind of move with it rather than against it or counterintuitively. So, um, yeah, we're, you know, and at the end of the day, we definitely don't have all of the, uh, all of the, the corners covered because with the way this technology moves and with the way a startup moves, there's always, you're kind of pulling on one thread and then the rest of it moves in another direction. But we are mindful at every, every corner and every turn of how is what we're doing today impacting something that's going to happen in the future, whether that's regards to culture, to actual land, or the air that we're breathing. And we, we have a sustainability expert and engineer on our team that we're very fortunate to have. And as we get deeper into the physicality of the project into 2023, uh, we're going to be able to conduct a lot more data-driven analysis to study and deeply understand uh, what it is that we're doing and the effect that has uh, on the local environment and, and people. And I think that's a really important topic. I mean, historically, that's where we lacked, you know, when it came to progress, when it came to development. There was nobody in the beginning saying, what are going to be the long-term effects of this? 
Have we considered cultural sustainability? Have we considered X, Y, Z? So, and I think that when it comes to these projects, and I'm, I'm grateful for you sharing that, it's really important to really reflect on what is the intent, what are the objectives, and then have this collective coming together to say, okay, change is inevitable. How are we going to make it so that it doesn't equal any destruction at an environmental level and at a social level. Um, so it's really exciting to hear that um, that is first is front of mind for you over there. Um, so November 11th is an important day coming up. Um, can you share a little bit about what is happening with regards to that? Yes, you're you're very good on your research because I don't believe I shared that with you directly. So you're you're very on the ball um, on on eleven eleven. So we're we are very much about uh, you know the magic of numbers, and uh, on eleven eleven we'll be doing a special reveal of a few things. The one thing that I can talk about is we're going to be revealing our lucky rabbits. So all of our holders will be able to see which lucky rabbit that they actually have, since certain traits will have um, different perks and and kind of added bonus benefits. There will be a few surprises based on what traits your lucky rabbit carries. So we're looking forward to unveiling that on the 11th. Um, I will give you a special sneak peek preview um, that we have not announced yet. So I'll, I'll make your show exclusive for this announcement and the next step of our project without giving it all away. Uh, I can't name the exact show or the person yet, but we just recently signed on a winner from a reality television show that is centered around travel. So in your mind, think, you know, uh, whether it's Big Brother, Amazing Race, Survivor, Naked and Afraid, uh, the mole, I believe, is a, is a new one on, on Netflix. But we have somebody that uh, is coming from having won one of these reality television show competitions. And um, they are coming on to help consult us with how we do these challenges, how we do these games, how do we make it really entertaining and uh, kind of appealing to people who are into uh, travel adventure, exploration, and things of that sort. So on the 11th, we'll, we'll be uh, revealing who that is and their more deeper role. And there's actually a, a, a deeper story to that that we might save for like a, a future episode if, if we're so uh, blessed to be able to come back and, and join you again. Um, but if you stay tuned on the 11th, we'll be doing a Twitter Spaces and uh, we will be with that person who will be kind of joining our team and helping us guide this thing into a direction where we want to make travel even more appealing and fun and cool than it already is. Because we think about like where I come from specifically in the, in the U.S., like I said, only about 30, 35% of us have a passport. So how do we incentivize people to travel more? Because, you know, it's... It, it it takes a long time to see the results from large impact change, but we are, and everybody on the team is pretty well traveled. We have a very international team. Everybody is kind of scattered all over the globe. So uh, shout out to everybody who's on our team in the States, in Australia, in Dubai, in Serbia, 
Um, we kind of have, have some footholds all over the place. And what we all respect and appreciate is the fact that when you travel, you have this opportunity to understand how other people are living. And it gives you more perspective when you come back home. So I'll keep kind of going back to that example with the shampoo um, in, in Fiji because I was just so blindsided by it. Like it was not even on my radar at all. And so for the past 15 years, you know, I'm, I'm not the most sustainable person. Like it's been like one year at a time, I'm progressing towards an increasingly more sustainable lifestyle, but I feel like I would not have had that initial interest or spark or motivation had it not been for me traveling abroad. And so what we're hoping is with the work that we do in Fiji is so important, not just because of uh, my heart being there and, you know, all these lovely like family members and friends that we have there. But we look at it as like a future template for culturally immersive travel. And if we can get this thing right, and I believe we will, we can open up the doors to other tourism boards and governments around the world that say, hey, we want to do one of these culturally immersive experiences in Brazil. We want to do one in, you know, in, in Portugal. We want to do one in Croatia. You know, we, we really open up the possibilities to gamifying that experience and making people look forward to something more than just, you know, traveling out to a key landmark that's on an Instagram photo and just taking the picture. We want people to be able to enjoy those experiences. We just want to be able to culturally enrich it and deepen that connection. So when the people return home, they have things that, that stay with them, that they're not only integrating into their own life, but they're also passing on to future generations. And as we move to a more global, increasingly, especially with the internet over the past 20 years, we are becoming increasingly more global citizens rather than individual uh, country-based citizens. So we kind of see that as, as our little role that we're playing in making the earth a more enjoyable place to live and, and really promoting practices that make sure that these beautiful things that we're enjoying, whether it's the people or the land or the animals, are here for future generations to stay. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, uh, congratulations as well on the collaboration. I did Thank get you. some an amazing race feel when we were talking about all these things. I think I'm trying <laughs> to think back if I watched Jumanji, but I think I was just too heartbroken at how different it was from the OG. Sure. I, like, <laughs> one of those times when you watch the second one and you're like, oh, nothing will ever be as good as Robin Williams. Always. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> but um and I also appreciate your commitment to sustainability. I mean, I've been running this blog for almost 7 years now and you know one of the wow. things that is a clear message, you know, in in this is that sustainability is a journey and we are all at different places on that journey and some things we don't know yet, like for example the shampoo example that you shared. And, you know, so it's about really coming together with these intentions about how do we make this world better while also realizing that it's constantly changing. And um, one of the things that really piques my interest about Web3 and decentralization is this kind of shared equity underlying value that really for me, and it's something that I want to personally get more into, is 
how this technology is going to solve some of our most pressing global issues like inequality. Um, and so that's really interesting for me, but also seeing how it can be used in the example that you provided as well to forward and to progress um, what is sustainable tourism. And I guess I'll just also, in the interest of sharing things and announcements, um, also announce for the first time while I'm speaking with you that I will be releasing a travel memoir which will bring in a lot of what I've learned over the past seven years, not only about sustainable tourism, but about my own growth journey, um, my journey to presence, my inner journey, my journey with sustainability. And it will be released in March of 2023. So for all my listeners out there, um, I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you. It's been a long time in the making. But, you know, these seven years have just meant so much to me, being able to connect with people like you, Sam, to see the world change, to look at activism and advocacy really shining in different pockets around the world and, you know, to watch how the collective energy can really evolve when we are just coming from a place of love. So I really appreciate um, your time today and allowing me to speak also about some news. Um, how can my listeners find out a little bit more about the the movement and just follow along on your journey as well? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to congratulate you on what you're working on. I'm certainly looking forward to to reading that and participating in that. Um, I think that you probably have uh, a tremendous amount of knowledge, experience, and and really wealth of interest to condense into your project to be able to share that with other people. Uh, these kinds of things are, are, are infectious and, and they follow a model where the more people you see do these kinds of things and report on these kinds of things, it really creates a network effect that drives a larger scale interest. And just in my personal travels this year, I, I noticed that there's a significant uptick in, in Generation Z and in the incoming generations of their interest in, you know, travel, global sustainability, respecting culture. I mean, even in what we're doing, it's, it's largely about cultural preservation. You're talking about the Fijian culture is one of the rarest ones left on earth. Um, so there's a lot of fascinating things there, but I'll, I'll be looking forward to March of 23. Um, until then, with regards to myself and the project, uh, your listeners can follow us on Twitter at LuckyRabbitsIO is our handle. Uh, you can b- basically find everything you need to find at LuckyRabbitsClub.com. So LuckyRabbitsClub.com will have links to all of our official socials and um, the ability to mint one of our Lucky Rabbits and kind of get more information on what this technology does, what we're doing with it, and maybe some of the more technical aspects of the blockchain and what we're working on. And we're just very excited that I'm sure much like yourself, you know, we're, we're in something that is still considerably early and we have no idea what possibilities that this, that this technology can, can afford us and, and unlock in terms of possibilities. And, and the same way that I'm excited for us, I'm, I'm very much excited for you as well. Uh, to have done this for seven years, I really applaud you on that. The consistency to do something, to do anything for seven years is, is quite tremendous. Um, but I'm really excited for your next seven years 
And I kind of almost look at your project as that nexus point of separating kind of past, present, and future. So the day that comes that when you put that out to the world, you will almost be closing a chapter on your previous seven years and opening up a whole new book of what that next journey, that next part of your journey is going to be like. And, you know, very, very happy to, to be a part of that and play a role in it. And really thank you for, for having me on and allowing me to kind of feature our project and what we're doing in Fiji and, and more about the beauty of their culture and the possibilities of Web3 and travel. Thank you so much, and thank you for bringing your wealth of knowledge. Uh, for all my listeners, I will be putting the information that we spoke about in the podcast in the description. Um, you can find the Altruistic Traveler podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy these stories. Thanks again, Sam. It's a pleasure talking with you, and um, I'm thank sure you. we'll be hearing more from you in the future. Can't wait. Thank you so much, Bianca.